0: And Welcome to episode number 52 of the Chirping the Cats podcast. I'm your host, David Dwork, here with you once again. And guess what, guys? It's playoff time. Finally, finally, we've gotten to uh, the main course uh, is set on the table here, and the Panthers will be playing the Washington Capitals for the first time ever uh, in the playoffs. And joining me to preview the series and talk a little bit about it is uh, Tariq Al-Bashir, who does an amazing job covering the Capitals for the Athletic. He see him on TV on TNT. Whether he's in the, in the stands, in the booth, he's all over the place. Uh, and he's also on NHL Network. You might see him popping up there as well. So, Tariq, thank you so much for joining me and uh, sharing some knowledge with us today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. I mean, look, a fellow member of the goalie union. Like, you've, you've got a green light. You're always welcome.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've strapped on the pads. But, uh, but you know what? Once a goalie, always a goalie. Absolutely.
0: No, once you've stood in front of those frozen projectiles you know, by <laughs> choice and enjoyed it, we're, we're all good. We're all on the same page with that. Totally. So getting into the series of uh, the first thing that I want to ask you about, it's probably the most obvious thing. You tweeted about it earlier today. Alex Ovechkin, he missed the last few games of the regular season. Uh, back on the ice for practice today. All signs point to him being on the ice for game one. Any reason to suspect otherwise?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's that time of year, Dave, as you know, and everyone, you know, treats uh, injuries and starting goaltenders like state secrets. Um, so no one was willing to say on the record to today that he's going to be available for game one, but everything that my eyes saw indicates that Alex Ovechkin will be ready for game one. Um, you know, the things that really stood out to me, what were – he took the first line rush with the first line, you know, uh, usually when a guy's, when there's question marks, there's four guys on the line or the guy who's dinged up kind of stands on the boards and works his way in. He was the first left wing to take a rush. Right. So that's an indication that he's going to, he's going to be good to go for Tuesday. I also watched every single minute of practice. And I don't always watch every single minute, but I watched all of it today. (laughs) He didn't take a single rush or didn't take a single rep off. Um, he, he wasn't overly physical or, um, you know, I wouldn't say he looked like he was going 10 tenths. He looked like he was going about seven tenths. Um, you know, definitely turned away from a few things. Um, you know, we suspect it's a left shoulder injury. That's the side of his body that crashed into the boards there against Toronto. They call it an upper body injury. It could be other things, but it looked to me like a, like a shoulder. Um, you, you know, I, I think, um, you know the the final thing that really kind of nailed it down for me was after practice once guys started trickling off the ice he did what he normally does which was he and uh, Nicholas Backstrom uh uh set up and uh they started working on one timer just hammering them one after another <laughs> if you look at my twitter feed you you'll see it um and uh to me if you're not pretty close to healthy you're not and you got something in your upper body that's bothering you or you're not going to be hammering one-timers the way he did so i would be willing to bet the house he's going to be good to go for the series
0: yeah i'm with you on that one and look shying away from contact is one thing because then you don't want to re-aggravate something but building the strength back up by firing off all those one-timers which is like his bread and butter makes perfect sense and look he even said didn't like i'm pretty sure i read today that he said if uh, the last three games of the season were playoff games, he could have played. So that, you know, that to me kind of is like the ultimate indicator.
1: The only thing I would say about that, Dave, is Peter Laviolette, who has a a tough time dancing around the truth, he said last week, I don't think he would have been able to play in that first game. So I don't know if that was some revisionist history there. Look, I mean, he was Mm -hmm. a little dinged up. I mean, you know, he hit the boards pretty hard there against Toronto the first day after he suffered the injury, just to give your your listeners a, a, a um, you know a sense of you know what he's been going through, they had the team photo the next day, and he didn't move his left arm very much. He clapped with his right hand against his his knee in the team photo. Like hmm. he had to work his way um, back to this point. I mean, he's had to get treatment every day. You know, I get there pretty early um uh to to get some work done and he's been one of the first players there so clearly he's getting been getting treatment um so i i I hesitate to say he's going to be 100 percent um and which is a little bit of deja vu to last year i mean you remember last year he had groin and back injuries down the stretch missed seven of eight games played in the finale and he wasn't himself against Boston. They got you know run out of there in five games, and I think he had two goals and two assists. He wasn't bad, but he also was not normal Ovi,
0: dominant so, Ovechkin. So,
1: so that's something for your for your listeners to keep an eye you know keep an eye out for is you know does he look right?
0: Yeah, I, well, I mean we're kind of hypersensitive to that down here right now because of the situation with Aaron Eckblad. Sure, you know it's obviously a little bit different because eckblad has been out for twenty plus games, and we you know it's a bit. They've been keeping it pretty mysterious. It, it certainly looks like just like Ovi was on that first line, taking all the reps today Ackblad was on the ice on that first oh, D pairing with Mackenzie yeah. Weeder today. So like the stars seem to be aligning, but then as, you know, to your point, you don't know if he's going to be a hundred percent or 90% or if there'll be limitations, you just don't know. I, I think
1: teams go out of their way to, you know, have a little bit of, um, you know, subterfuge or confusion for the other team. If you got to spend one minute preparing for a lineup that doesn't have Alex Ovechkin in it because you aren't saying the whole truth, then you've kind of won. <laughs> you know, right. I'm sure the, the Panthers feel the same way about Ekblad. Um, so, uh, I, I would I would think that by Tuesday morning, the Caps will say, "Yeah, he's good to go."
0: Yeah, I, by that at that point, your your work is pretty much done. It's just game time. You're yeah. at the morning state, It's good to go.
1: We still might not know who the starting goaltender
0: is, but we'll, we'll yeah. number eight, good to go. We'll we'll get to the goaltending in a minute. I, I do <laughs> want to talk about something. Uh, both Ekblad and Ovia play a really big role in this particular area, and that's special teams. Yeah. Uh, granted, looking at like season long numbers, they can't. They don't always tell the full story because teams can be cold as hell at the beginning of the season, or vice yeah. versa. They could struggle at the end. Washington's power play surprised me just because how low it was this year. Usually you think capitals, you think power play juggernaut type team, but they were 23rd in the league, only 18.8%. Is that something that like we would see in the playoffs as well? Or perhaps it was that an early season struggling issue.
1: I I would say the first half of the season, it was not very good. It was very predictable, very static. Uh, There were a lot of injuries. Nicholas Backstrom didn't come back till around what, like Christmas time, so, right. uh, and he's the guy who really drives drives the boat there uh, with the power play. You know, there were some COVID issues. There were some other guys who were dinged up. I, I don't want to blame everything on injuries. Everyone had COVID in, issues and injuries, but the Caps were more banged up than they have been in my 20 years of covering this team, and I think, I think that contributed to a really slow start. That contributed to some maybe guys squeezing the stick a little bit, which contributed to some maybe mental hangups with, you know, moving the puck, maybe not as quickly as they did before and trying to do things more deliberately and perfectly. And I can't, I think it snowballed into a pretty bad mm. start. Um, once guys started getting healthy, it started getting a little bit better with Nicholas Backstrom returned. And then I would say up until OV going out for those final three games, there was a stretch there from like, maybe mid-February through mid-April, where it was really good. I mean, it was really good. It was like 30%. It was like one of the best in the league there for a little bit. Yeah, 30% is scary. Yeah, it looked like the power play of old. Um, I think that's the power play that you're going to see in the postseason um, as long as guys are healthy. Um, you know, one other key player that was out for a long time, TJ Oshie, you know, who's the, the guy in the middle who, you know, his quick release and you know his ability to kind of, you know, suck the penalty killers into him, which frees up Backstrom and Kuznetsov and John Carlson to do their things. He was out for multiple times for long stretches. Uh, he's healthy now too. So assuming everyone's healthy, I would say the Capitals power play should be pretty good. Um, uh the penalty kill i know you're probably gonna ask me about that next that's also had some ups and downs um uh you know they've had some injuries carl haglin was their best forward uh on the pk he's he's now out for the season with an eye injury they suffered in practice a few months ago um but for the most part it's been a top 10 unit and i would expect i would expect it to remain that in the postseason
0: yeah the penalty kill for the caps uh definitely a little bit more solid this year they're gonna have their hands full with the Panthers power play because it's I mean <laughs> yeah. it's been clicking a bit uh, especially at home late in the season yeah um, it, I, but I mean when you you know when you something. look at the the cast of characters that they throw out on a power play it's it's kind of an embarrassment of riches and then when you add like a quadru to the mix at the end of the season <laughs> Ekblad really cool. comes. yeah but on the, on the flip side Fortis penalty kill has been very much ebbs and flows this year a lot of peaks and valleys um when you know you lose a guy like Ekblad or Nolachari missed most of the season, who's been an yep. integral penalty killer with this team. Anton yep. Lindell missed the chunk of time. He's been solid. Um, it, I think it's going to be an interesting mix, especially the Panthers penalty kill struggled a lot late in the year. And when you're going up against one, if if the Caps power play is kind of firing on the cylinders that we're used to seeing it on, uh, that could be a big X factor in the series. Can I ask you a question? Of course. I'm working on my
1: uh, my ballot for NHL awards. Okay. I didn't see a ton of Anton Lundell. I I think I just didn't see a ton of him this year. Is is he a top five guy for the Calder? Do you think there's some
0: good, there were some good rookies this year, but it's a little kind of wide open too. It, uh, he's on my ballot. Okay. I I mean, you know, obviously I saw a lot of him probably more than most. That's why I'm asking it. (laughs) He it's, it's really, um, it's almost ridiculous how much he reminds you of a very like a young Sasha Barkov okay. in terms of his, the way he can handle the puck, the way yeah. he's responsible on in 200, like from yeah. game one, they had him on the penalty killing unit and he's been it, like taking late game defensive start face, off, you know, like face-offs in the, in the defensive zone. Um, very responsible player. It, it's impressive. Cause he's only 20. Yeah. Um, so I think if he wouldn't have missed a big chunk of games here in the spring, uh, you know, his score, or so, yeah, yeah, like his scoring would have been right up there with okay. you know, like uh, with Bunting and with uh, uh, you know, whoever else was up there. Uh, his name's escaping me, Raymond, the guy Raymond. from Detroit. Um, Ooh, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, I've got I've got uh, Lundell on my ballot. I think I've got okay. him fourth. Um, I he's sixth I heard- on my ballot right now, but it's not due until tomorrow. And I'm gonna
1: crunch some more numbers and call, yeah, some- call some more head coaches that are out of the playoffs and get some more. I mean,
0: that's the, if you could watch just some if you can get like some ISO footage of him and just watch yeah, the way he plays okay. the game. Okay. like It's I'll so be. impressive. I will. like that. That's you. what blows me away is just how good he is in all three zones for a guy that's, you know, playing his that's first right. games at this league. You know, he did play in Liga. So just kind of like Barkov, he had yeah. the experience yeah. with grown men. But I mean, the NHL is a whole nother beast. OK, that's great info. No, nah, happy to help, man. This is something like when I started last year was the first year I got to vote. And I'm telling you, it's such an for me, it's such an honor. And it's something that I've awesome. I keep. Yeah. I keep my ballot running all year just so I can keep like keep it updated. Like I I go full nerd mode with this, and uh, I
1: mean, I'd probably spend more time. I, I hope my bosses aren't listening to this. I take it pretty seriously. <laughs> I spend more time. But I'm sure they're not. Ballot. Don't worry. I, I spend more time <laughs> on my ballot than I probably do on any article <laughs> or any But it's serious I just, stuff. I want to get it right. It's a big deal,
0: you know. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. like, I want to be able to, you know, if, if anybody questions any of my picks, I want to be that able, to, I, be I able to tell answer. you this to is go. why. Yep. Yes. Like, this is why Jonathan Huberto is my heart trophy winner. This is why, you know, I mean, yes, I'm sure I'm gonna have to explain why Kyle Connor wins the Lady Bing, because it's, is that the, <laughs> probably the easiest one in the ballot this year? Kyle Connor is, I think the top of mine as well. Um, I, you know, I
1: really wish, I was closer with like a, a referee who does a lot of games. Cause that's the, those are the people who you gotta, who should yeah. be voting on, on most gentlemanly player. <laughs> <laughs> they're the ones. <laughs> that, that, that's actually a great players. point. Nobody
0: yeah. would know better. Yeah. No one. Awesome. Um, all right. So I wanted to ask you about the goaltending. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we've yes. established that we're both members of the union. So we have a unique perspective <laughs> when watching goaltending. Um, you guys haven't really had anybody like st- take that top job between nope. Samsonov and, and Vanacek. Nope. They both struggled. It looks like Vanacek's maybe been a little bit more consistent or maybe a little less inconsistent. Um, but, yeah, it's just like a, a big question mark hanging over the series. And as you said, they, they don't even have a starter for game one yet named, do they? They do not. Uh, the, the, the way I explain it to folks
1: is you got one goaltender who makes – all of the routine stops, but maybe doesn't have the size and athleticism to make the wow saves. Okay. Check. And then you got another guy who makes all of the athletic wow saves, but then allows a dribbler every game or just a, a you know, the other night, um, you know, just uh, flubbed the handoff to Dimitri Orlov behind the net. And then once he realized he flubbed it and was trying to get back to the front of the net, uh, against the Islanders, he ran into the post and spun himself around, and Casey's Tezuka scored from his butt. I mean, it's like, how did I mean that? <laughs> there was a like, what happened?
0: Talk about overthinking uh, things. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: <laughs> Ilya Samsonov. So they've been trying all year to bring the two of them closer together <laughs> in terms of you know, and it just hasn't really clicked. I I still think both of them are NHL goalies they're relatively young in terms of experience, not really age. One's 26, one's 25. They, you know, they've, they've been around a little bit. It takes a while for goalies to kind of get themselves together as we've seen. Um, But yeah, I I mean, that's the, that's the Capitals Achilles heel. I mean, it's been that, it's been that all year. I mean, look, scoring's up across the league. I feel like there are a lot of goaltenders that are struggling right now with the the influx of speed and skill and, you know, guys, I just feel like, you know, anyone who covered this game in the '90s and is still covering it now is like <laughs> you just don't even recognize what you're looking at uh, compared to what the game was 20 years ago. Um, but it's a big question mark. Uh, I, if I had to guess, and I've talked myself in and out of this so many times. <laughs> um if i had to guess vanacek just feels like the sure of the two bets you know if you're if you're gonna push your chips to the middle of the table like he's the guy that eh, i'm not really sure about this bet but hey i'm gonna you know i'm going all in on this guy like that but, actually sounds but if you oh, go want, ahead like, yeah, but sorry to jump in Dave. but if you want to if you want to overthink it and i'm prone to overthinking it <laughs> Why don't you start Sam Sonoff in game number one, because if he gets shelled and you got to go to someone else to save your season in game two, who would you rather have Vitek or Sam Sonoff? You know, I, I, it's the, you, you can think of it a million different ways. They also just called up Zach Fucali today, which shouldn't be a big deal. Most teams like to have three goaltenders in the postseason because, you know, they're going to be, you know, what, 900 miles away in Florida from Hershey, Pennsylvania, just in case someone gets dinged up. You also, if you're thinking about playing two goalies, which is what they've done all year, you want to make sure that you're not wearing out both of them in practice. Right. You want to have one guy who can cycle in and just eat some pucks, yeah. uh, which Fucali did in practice today. But Fucali also had a shutout in his NHL debut. Um, also had another good run of uh, games later on when guys were hurt. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying you're going to see him at some point this, see- this series, but I'm not saying it's impossible either.
0: Man, it it kind of sounds like Florida's situation last year when they ended up starting three goalies in the six-game series against the Lightning is first you go with Bob because he's your guy and, you know, that's your, your, your money goalie, but he didn't play like a money goalie. So you go with your hot backup and Chris Streeter and he didn't look good either. So then you go, oh, well, we got Spencer Knight. Um, you know, obviously different situations, but hearing you speak about the differences between the two goalies, the the issue I've had with Sergey Bobrovsky this year is that is the dribblers, it's the squeaky ones. The what he's done lately is he's making those athletic, great, show stopping saves with a lot higher frequency than he was maybe two three months ago. So you can live with one or two squeakers if he's going to take away a couple spectacular ones. And that's why talking to it, talking about it right now, I'm much more confident with Bob than I was say a month ago. Like his play in the last month of the season turning it up a notch. I I don't think he's ever going to be a goalie that doesn't give up cheapies and frustrating goals. I think that may be just, you know, part of his game. But if he's playing at that high level where he's making these, you know, great odd man rush stops, backdoor saves, whatever it may be, um, you know, that for me is, it's encouraging. But to hear you talk about the differences between the two goalies, I'm like, this sounds so familiar because, you know, Spencer Knight for his credit, he's been very steady. Maybe not spectacular, but consistent. And I feel like when the playoffs get here, you'd rather have someone that's a little bit more consistent and stable than somebody who's erratic.
1: Yeah, I, I, my thoughts on Bobrovsky. I don't think the Capitals are scared of him. Scared of him? You know, they, they've already beaten him once in the postseason when he was in Columbus. Um, I feel like his his numbers overall aren't that great against the Capitals. His numbers in the postseason aren't that great against anyone. Um, I uncovered a little nugget today, though, and I guess I, I, it's, it's not totally new, but I forgot about it. He grew up with Dmitry Orlov from the Capitals. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're from the same town back in Russia. But uh, Broxy's a little bit older. But um, like he, 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 Orlov told me today, they spent 10 hours a day together when they were, you know, getting kind of whatever is in between like youth hockey and. And the KHL over there, the MA, MHL. Yeah, the, really the MHL and the VHL. Yeah, so, so, so they were around a lot, uh, uh, got to know each other really well. They vacationed together in the summer. Their wives are best friends. So, like, they're really close. Um, okay. uh And he, he said, you know, I I usually – we usually don't, you know, text or talk much during the playoffs, but we'll we'll exchange something here in the next day or so and say good luck. You know, you know look forward to seeing, on, so, seeing you on the ice. But um, – yeah. I, I don't think there's a whole lot of fear there with the Capitals and Bobrovsky. I, I think, I think Spencer Knight's a little bit of an unknown quantity to them. So yeah, make sense. We'll, we'll see how it goes.
0: I, I don't think anybody's going into a playoff series against the Panthers and worried that they're going to get beat by, you know, Smythe like goaltending. I think the worry is, can we not give up five goals and, you know, get, get the puck, hang on to the puck enough to put in a couple on our own. The Panthers continue to do what they did all season. then you know, the goaltending it won't have to be the x factor
1: agreed uh, agreed and and you know the guys i talked to today said the same thing said it's you know whoever wins the the offensive zone possession battle uh for, for you know time is 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 gonna win this series if, if if you allow uh the panthers studs and all-stars just skate around the zone with the puck and you're just chasing 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 hey, it's gonna be a long or a short series, I just say. Long, long night, but a short series. Yeah.
0: Long games, short series.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so the Capitals know what they've got to do. They, they, you know, they're they're I, I know the Panthers can be a physical team as well. The Capitals are the biggest team in the league. Um, they're the heaviest team. They love playing heavy hockey. I they they've gotta they've gotta get on the Panthers. They gotta turn their D on the four check and pound them into the walls. They gotta they gotta make some big open ice hits, they gotta finish their checks. And you make that investment in games one and two, and you hope that it pays off in, you know, if you get this far, game six and seven where, you know, the Panthers maybe start second-guessing going across – second-guess going across the middle or maybe do a little alligator arm instead of, you know, grabbing the puck. And, you know, Tom Wilson, he hits everything that moves. Garnet Hathaway hits everything that moves. Alex Ovechkin doesn't hit the way he used to, but he'll still blow you up. Mitch Orloff will get you too. Marty Ferravari, rookie defenseman, most hits among all uh, rookie blue liners. They got some dudes who can lay the lumber, and I think they know that. Look, the physicality comes up by nature in the postseason, but I think the Caps know they got to win that battle. Slow this game down; it can't be a track meet, it can't be running gun. Um, they got to get the Panthers off their game, and it's going to require it's going to require hitting them and hitting them early and hitting them often.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that I wanted to talk about. Just seeing, I mean, Tom Wilson's obviously the guy that everybody thinks of when they, you know, think of the Caps just because he's maybe done some headline grabbing things or, you know, maybe, in- maybe. <laughs> yeah. but no, like you there, the caps have a lot of guys that can lay the lumber, as you said, and, and the Panthers are a team that is certainly not shied away from that. Whether it's Ryan Lombard, Radko Goodis Patrick Hornquist, Mackenzie Weaver Sam Bennett. I mean, they're, exactly. they're, you guys got dudes to get hit too. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be an entertaining series in that yeah. regard because we yeah. you know we're all we've talked about to this point is scoring, power play, goaltending. There's going to be some nasty, nasty elements to this series that I'm looking forward to watching.
1: Yeah, it's my, it's my favorite part of the game. And um, I, I give you a little funny story from practice today. We awarded Lars Eller the um, Good Guy Award, basically the you know media Good Guy Award because he comes out and he talks and he gives us good quotes and always available. Tom Wilson won it last year, and he's also always available. Um, when he heard that Lars Eller won it, he grabbed the little plaque that had, had Lars's name on it and came to the media door where we were all writing our stories and just gave us a big shrug, like, what? He <laughs> was like, I was available even on optional practices. Guys <laughs> give it to Lars? He, was, he was totally joking. What the, the, the reason I'm telling you is the side that people don't see of Tom Wilson is he is probably the most charismatic, funniest guy on the team. Like, I know the rest of the league hates Tom Wilson, He's actually like probably the most fun guy on the Capitals to cover. Gives you the best quotes, always available, nice guy. Uh, you know, his teammates love him. Uh, the rest of the league absolutely hates him. But he's he's not the dude that everyone else thinks he is. Like, I mean, he, he, he well, plays the, key yeah. on the edge. He toes that line. I mean, he puts his foot right up to the line, and sometimes he puts his foot over the line. He knows it. Yeah. He's been a good boy this year, though. He's, he's stayed clear of the Department of Player Safety all year. Yeah, I expect him to. is good there. though.
0: Yeah. After the whole face in the ice incident last sure. year, you know, it maybe take pump the brakes a little bit. He didn't fight until like late December. His first fight
1: wasn't until late December. Normally, he fights on opening night. Yeah, I, you know he only had like five or six <laughs> memory serves. He didn't, but he, but he still played physical. Like that's yeah. the thing. He dialed back on the fights and the minor penalties, but he still he still blew guys up. And uh, that's the guy, obviously for your fans to keep an eye on. The Garnet Hathaway sneaky physical. He'll he'll get in your face and um, uh, make life miserable. And Marty Faravari a rookie defenseman who, uh, great skater, but also sneaky physical. It, it, this is gonna be a lot of big pops in this this series I'm looking forward to it
0: yeah I'm hopeful that Wilson is kind of just maturing in his career the way like like a guy in the Panthers Radko Gudis the early parts of his career he was known as a dirty player he's yeah. a very physical here, guy you he DC briefly what three years ago yeah so, so yeah. I mean you guys know I, when yeah. he when the Panthers signed him I was thrilled so I was like yes this is what we need we haven't had a guy that scares the shit out of anybody since their yeah. left but yeah the dirtiness is like gone from his game. He's an excellent hitter. He's extremely physical. He's foreboding. He's scary. He's everything that you thought. he got an amazing he, beard. Oh, that, I mean, that's a whole other topic. We can do <laughs> I podcasts. wrote a
1: whole story about his beard, which he found very funny.
0: Nice. So <laughs> actually, he, he was on the podcast not long ago, and I, and I were talking about the playoffs. I'm like, well, you can't obviously do a playoff beard because you have yours. So I asked <laughs> him, what, what about doing a reverse playoff beard where like every round he shaves off a layer, and then he ends up clean shaven by the final? So I've got to, I got to catch up with him and see if he's uh, still thinking about that. But <laughs> no, when I saw his beard up close, cause you know, no locker rooms and the way it's been the last couple of years with COVID. Hilarious. So when I, when we did the podcast interview, we, you know, I finally able to go face to face. It's impressive. It's oh, shiny, yeah. well, oh, yeah. manicured, oh, no yeah. loose hair sticking <laughs> <Nope>. out, <laughs> nope. like very impressive beard
1: work. It is, man. He's, he's the guy who goes to that, like, that beard boutique barbershop, you know, where it's probably like a hundred bucks to get your beard, you know, shaved
0: up. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, he goes to one of those. I mean, he's, you've seen him. He's got those cool, like the Raiden hats and he's very dapper. I enjoy covering him.
1: I really enjoyed covering him. He was a great quote Uh, towards the end though. He wasn't playing a lot and was kind of sour here. He kind of knew the the writing was on the wall. I'm not sure why he fell out of favor here, but uh, I really enjoyed covering Radko.
0: No, he's, he's one of my favorite guys. Like I, I, like I said, I was thrilled when they signed him. I didn't know anything about him personally. I'd never met him just what you brought yeah. on the ice. But yeah. yeah, he's, he's the kind of guy that would be up for like that media good guy award because he's always, you know, he gives great quotes, very thoughtful. He's always, you know, happy to talk to us. Just a great guy. So it's funny how like the, the guys who are so chill and cool and nice off the ice, they can really be the, uh, you know, I I don't know what role you want to play. I don't want to call it the villain role, but the uh the tough guy role, the yeah. scary role, like that. Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting maybe because they're so nice off the ice. That's their release, like that's when they, they let out the variant, the evil it's, variant. It's,
1: but it's just it's so true, Dave. It's so true. If you've been covering this game for any amount of time, the fighters are almost always the nicest guys. They're almost yeah. always teddy bears off the ice. It's not not always. Donald Brashear scared the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> whether it was on the ice or off the ice.
0: <laughs> but, no, but you know, the usually, fighters we've had down here, like usually. Paul Laws, Peter Worrell. Peter Worrell yeah, is a yeah. Peter fighter nice down guy. here. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. works with kids all day, every day. Yeah, he's yeah, the happiest right. guy in the world. But he was scary to play against. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was oh, neat. that's awesome.
1: I, I covered that old Southeast division. I remember <laughs> him very well.
0: All right. So I, def, I I appreciate your time. I don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, but I did want to talk about coaching because it's yeah. such a huge a disparity between the two coaches. You've got Peter Laviolette, who's he's won a cup. He's been to, I think, three finals, like 150 playoff games under his belt. And then you've got Bruno. You know, we talk about Bruno on this podcast. Uh, you know, former a, amazing. Capital. Former Capital Andrew Burnett. Former Washington Capital. He's got playoff experience as a player. But as you know, this is all new territory to him as a coach and his coaching staff, who's been great, you know, a lot of new coaches as well. You got Alfie Samuelson, yep. Yep. Tuomo Routu, um, you know, Robbie Tallis has been around here forever um, talking about our goalie friends. But just overall, such a big difference in the coaching styles. As somebody who's covered the game as long as you have, how can that be an advantage for the Capitals?
1: You know, experience, there really is no substitute for it. Um, I, I don't know Andrew that well. I didn't get a chance to cover him. His, his time in Washington was over by the time I started covering the team in the early 2000s. But, um, you know, I have talked to him um, at, since he's been the Panthers coach. I mean, obviously, he's a great coach. I mean, he got the team to the, you know, took, took over a, an adverse situation and took the team to the president's trophy. I mean, that's, that's an incredible job. Um, experience matters. Knowing what to say and when to say it, knowing where the buttons are to push them at the right moment, there are things that can only be learned with with time. And Laviolette's you know got that edge in spades. I mean, he's 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 seen it all. He's done it all. He's been up in a playoff series. He's been down in a playoff series. He's had his back against the, against the wall in a playoff series. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's lost a Stanley Cup. Um, I I got to imagine that the experience part of a part of uh, the equation, it it totally points towards the Capitals. I mean, you know, Scott Arneal as well, another head coach on the Capitals bench. Um, I, what I struggle with is the Panthers on paper, just the the roster, the personnel just is so, you know, it just seems like, like a bit of a mismatch, which is weird to say about a team that's got John Carlson, Alex Ovechkin, Tom Wilson, you know, Nicholas Backstrom, all those you know key players from that yeah. 2018 Stanley Cup run. I just think across the board, especially with the additions they made at the deadline, the Panthers are just a better team. So I'm not sure how much coaching is going to factor into things, but if you know if it's a three-three series, and you're going into Game Seven. Peter Laviolette knows what to say. He could probably lean back on notes that he had from a few years ago. Like right. He knows what to say. Um, he knows when to push, when the when to pull back. You know. I, I, I think it's one of the few few areas where the capitals do have the do have the advantage.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt. And as you said, maybe it won't have to be that big of a thing. Maybe he'll just Bruno will just need to make sure to not coach himself into a loss. <laughs>
1: right. 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 But,
0: you know, just kind of like stand back and say, OK, guys, go do your thing. Yeah. But um, it's it just it's there's just such a vast difference that you have to at least uh, it has to at least come up. Right. Sure. A hundred percent.
1: I mean, it, it's going to be talked about. It's going to I'm sure I'm going to talk about it on TNT. I'm sure. Yeah. know at some point it'll be a note in a notebook i mean it's uh it's a thing it's a thing i just don't know how big of a thing it's going to be
0: all right two quick ones and then you're out of here who or what is the x factor for the caps to pull off an upset so
1: i'm going to avoid the the big stuff the big stuff is competent goaltending and the offense which has been pretty good here the last two months has to has to um, you know, keep scoring at a good clip. I, I, I'm going to go with Anthony Mantha as my X factor. Um, my you know, number has- sake, my fellow number 39. Oh, okay, yeah. So he has a goalie number for somebody. So weird. Um, yeah, it, it is a little weird
0: when players yeah. have goalie numbers.
1: He got hurt in Florida. I believe it was November 4th. um Ran into Anthony Duclair, I think, or tried to check him and hit the boards. Anyway, he hurt his shoulder. He missed more than half the season because of that injury to, he, it was bad he had to have surgery down there like he couldn't even come back up here He yeah. needed surgery down there missed half the season but he's back and uh he's playing great he is playing great right now and we know Alex Ovechkin's going to score we know Nicholas Baxter is going to set up Ovechkin to score we know John Carlson is going to get a few goals TJ she's going to strike on the power play a couple of times so the, the question not even the question, but what this team needs is they need that secondary scoring, and I'm not talking about the fourth liners pitching in when they can. That's great. I'm talking about that second wave of dudes, um, and Anthony Mantha's at the top of that list, you know, along with Lars Eller and Connor Sherry and those guys. But um, if Anthony Mantha, you know, if he scores three or four goals in this series, it's gonna it's gonna be more inter- It's gonna be pretty interesting. So, and he's playing great right now. So I'm gonna make him my X factor. Okay. And then the last thing,
0: give me your prediction.
1: I, like I said, I I think on paper this is a match. This is a mismatch um, to a certain extent, which is just weird to say about a team that's got Alex Ovechkin. I'm not sure he's going to be at 100. I, I you know I hope I wish you could ask me this question after game one and I could see what he looks like. <laughs> the goaltending to me just seems like a like like a like the boogeyman for this Capitals team. I, I don't yeah. think it's going to be good enough. Maybe they'll surprise me. I've had the Panthers winning in six wouldn't surprise me if the Caps find a way to push it to seven um, just using their veteran experience, but I'm going to stick with uh, Panthers in six as he ducks for cover. Right. You know,
0: that's fans.
1: Going to, my Twitter mentions are, going to, be a, are the, going to be a tire fire when you tweet this.
0: The beads <laughs> of sweat. Um, just That just started coming down your head.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and normally oh. I pick the Capitals, even if I, you know, I, I, I feel like over the, over the years, I've, I've picked the Capitals a lot more this. This just doesn't, I don't, uh, I don't feel great about this matchup.
0: The biggest weakness on the Capitals is the biggest strength in the Panthers in like three decades. It. So it's, you nailed it. yeah, that's, it's tough to get past that.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, Tariq, thank you so much. I'm going to wrap course. up episode 52 of the Chirping the Cats pod, but thank you so much for joining me. I, like I said, anybody listening, you can find all your work on the athletic, you can see them on TNT and on NHL network. And is there anything you want to promote while you're here that they, people can find your great work? Uh,
1: yeah, so the story I've got going up on The Athletic here shortly, if it hasn't already been posted, is is a look at two things that we talked a lot about, which is Alex Ovechkin, what he means to the Capitals, and what, is, what his status is going to be going forward, what, what are the things to look for, and the goalie conundrum, what, what are they going to do here? So, you want to read more about that, go to The Athletic, go to The Capitals, drop down, and you'll find my articles.
0: Oh, uh, the Athletic is like the pristine hockey coverage that is out there. I oh. love it. I love, I love it. That. I love it. Great. So, but yeah, you know, I've been a big fan of yours for a while. It was great meeting you earlier this season and thank you again for joining me on the pod. Yeah. Forward to see down there in a couple of days. That's right. You're going to, I don't know how much I'm going to see you because you're going to be all over the place, Yeah, but it, it'll be great to see you. Uh, if you have time, I'm mean, going to grab a post-game beer or something. Uh, awesome stuff. Uh, and you know, we can do it sit outside because the weather's a little nicer down here than maybe up in your neck of the woods these days. It's pouring right now. It's pouring right now. It's tough. Well, thank you again for joining me. Everybody yep. listening, you guys know you can get all my stuff on local10.com or the Local 10 app as well. You can follow me on Twitter at David's Work. You can follow Tariq on Twitter at Tariq underscore al Is that right? Yep. Yes. Uh, good memory, Dave. And uh, if you haven't already, please smash the subscribe button leave a good rating. All that good stuff. It is very appreciated. Until next time, everybody, please take care, stay safe, be kind. And as always, most importantly, stay cool.